0: Good morning, I'm Cal Steiner, I'm privileged to be one of the pastors here at Door Creek Church. It started out just to be another typical day, as she left the office in Chicago. She was somewhat preoccupied with the fact that her husband was in New York City, for a conference. But as she crossed the plaza and into the parking lot, she shifted the load that was in one hand so that she could reach for her keys on the other and open the car door. No sooner had she gotten it open than she felt someone seizing her from behind And giving her the command to get into the car or I will kill you were the words. She perceived that he was armed and that she had better respond. He forced her into the back seat of her two-door car. And as if the trauma were not enough, it was an awkward thing because she was several months pregnant with her first child. Our first grandchild. When her attacker followed her into the back seat, she knew in an instant what his immediate intention was. She sent up an SOS prayer and then looking at her attacker with a boldness and an authority that she knew clearly was not her own. She said to him, I am a child of God. I belong to him and he will not let you get away with this. In the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I demand that you leave this car now. He stared at her for what to her seemed like hours and inexplicably fled. She locked the doors of the car, still shaking, even as I am, as I recount this. Composed herself, climbed into the front seat, and drove home. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and gave me strength of soul. Psalm 138, verse 3. And although it's never without tears and much personal pain when she does so, Deanna, our daughter-in-law, still tells this story because she says, If I don't, God will not receive the glory to his name. And those of you here who have sat under my wife's teaching have heard this story perhaps more than once. Because to each of us, there is strength in the name of the Lord. I called upon you, and you answered me, and you made me bold. Psalm 138, please, in your scriptures. If you would turn there with me, please. If you're using the Bible in the chair back before you, it's page 444. I've entitled this, I Will Tell Your Name. And I think you'll see from the psalm that that's an appropriate title. I will tell everyone your name. There are eight verses in the psalm, and they break down... 1, 2, and three, four, five, and 6, and 7, and 8. And the, the words will be on the slide, but I hope you will find them uh, in the Bible in your lap. Verse 3 reads, When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. You strengthened me with strength of soul, literally. You gave me soul strength. We don't know what the request was that David made as he wrote this psalm. But we do know that God answered him in a way that brought boldness to him that was not native to him. And so in response to that answered prayer, David writes this psalm. And it begins, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. For David, this was no legalistic obligation. This was his sheer delight. It was an utterance from an utterly grateful heart. His wholehearted praise involved all that he was. He was locked on. He was fully engaged. Charles Spurgeon, great preacher of many generations ago, says one of the cardinal sins of God's people is the barrenness of praise. The barrenness of praise. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. It doesn't matter the audience. No audience is greater than the audience of one before whom he speaks. I will bow down towards your holy temple. Prostrate. This is not just a flippant thanks. It's, I will bow down towards your holy temple, the place of contact of God with his people here on earth. Then a temple, now the person of the Lord Jesus who dwells within the heart of all who have called upon God by him. I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. The NIV has taken, and just to add, or use the word love, it's a, it's a weaker word than, than David intended. It's his steadfast, it's his covenant-keeping love and faithfulness. It was a phrase that David used often. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your steadfast love and faithfulness. And though those two attributes of God are together here, uh, they're not evenly dispersed throughout the Old Testament, but if they were, there would be one of those for every book in the Old Testament 39 times David pairs, or the uh, the Old Testament pairs these uh, affirmations of God, affirming that his steadfast love he is able to perform and perfect it um, completely, to keep it in our lives. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. You have exalted above all things your name and your word. When I called, you answered me, you made me bold and stout-hearted. And then he prays that all of the people in power and authority might know what he has now come to know by God's grace. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows From afar. God's glory has so many facets to it. For David, he doesn't know where to begin. Does he begin with God's Word? Does he begin with God's ways? Does he begin with how high is God? Or the fact that he never loses sight of the lowly? David's vision of glory as our vision of glory was tempered by his understanding of grace in his life. God was high, no one higher. Psalm 113 declares that God has to stoop down to look at the heavens and the earth. Powerful word picture in Psalm 113. Yet the prophet Isaiah says, he who inhabits eternity dwells within the contrite heart. The vision of glory of the haughty here, the proud he knows from afar, and the vision of glory of the Lord are in two different worlds, and they never meet. looks upon the lowly. We've just come through the Christmas season. Mary's spontaneous song that is so filled with scripture, we call it the Magnificat in in Luke chapter 1, is filled with her total awe that God would have regard for the lowly for her. This is even our God, and there is none like unto him. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, David is well aware that new troubles will confront him. Just as we had better well be aware that 2009 is going to be a wonderful year, but probably a troubling year for many of us. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. Can you begin to loop that in your mind as you face this new year? Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. Sometimes removing us from the trouble, sometimes seeing us through the trouble. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. You need a verse in which to anchor your soul for this new year? The Lord will fulfill, will fulfill his purpose for you. Now this isn't "case sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. This is high octane confidence in the sovereign hand of God on his life. It's anchored in that next line. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Sometimes when we think that God is in control and he will fulfill the purpose of our life, what's the point in praying? He'll... Meet our need, whatever. Notice that the higher the confidence David has that God's hand is on his life, the more he senses his need for prayer. Do not abandon the works of your hands. One far wiser and craftier with words than I talks about his hands. His creating hands, which formed me, his nail pierced hands, which redeemed me, his glorified hands, which hold me fast. The hope for the final perseverance of believers has nothing to do with the fickleness of believers. It has everything to do with the steadfast love and faithfulness of the believer's God. As we face this new year, though we walk in trouble, he will preserve us and will fulfill his purpose in us. And for that, David would shout from the rooftops, To whoever would hear the praise of such a Lord. Indeed, a cardinal sin of God's people is the barrenness of our praise.